You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. My name is Joel. Welcome to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Joel, and I'm so happy that you're here again. I'm going to start with a quote, and here's the quote. Seriously, folks, if your church is doing good, good father tomorrow or Sunday, you need a new church. You really do. You really do. You really do. End quote. And I'm pretty sure they meant that to, to go with the, the lyrics. Or, or how about this? This song is a crappy, crappy song. That's what it is. And if it weren't for evangelical Christianity's obsession with warm, fuzzy pseudo-worship, it would have gone unnoticed upon release. Is it really that bad? Yes, it is. End quote. So we're doing the song called Good, Good Father today. Uh, And it's actually pretty interesting. I haven't found many songs that have been widely circulated within the um, contemporary Christian world, just corporate church world, um, that have been so widely um, berated. And, you know, there's the one that always sticks out is reckless love because of the term reckless. And I'm not going to get into that. But um, the reason why um, a lot of people just do not like good, good father is because um, a, lot of, a lot of phrases I've, I've found from people that were reviewing it um, on the negative side were because it seems lazy. Uh, it feels fluffy. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Um, sure, it has some nice themes, but they feel very kind of... Uh, isolated from the truth that could support them. Um, so those were a little bit nicer as I kind of went through it, but a lot of them are very just like, this is a, a terrible song. It sucks. And I will say, if I was doing a review of the song two years ago, uh, I probably would have said the same thing and I wouldn't have been nice. Um, and actually I'm very happy to be able to say, <laughs> to say that now I'm, I'm not like that. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm going to give you a fair critique of the song, but um, I, I don't want to be this person who, when I look at the comments on them, on this page, the problem is if you, you don't really win people, if you're not winsome. And so if you're, if your tone and your demeanor, when, when you are offering criticism or giving some type of rebuttal is, is so negative, just on its face, you're going to elicit negative response, right? And I don't think that's like, that's, we're not called to be that. We're called to be winsome. Yes, we're called to stand on truth. And obviously it's always going to make some people angry and not like it. But if your goal is not to be winsome, then I think you're having, you're having the wrong goal. Um, another person that was reviewing it, um, you know, just kind of said that it, it's, it just feels the song, the song feels empty. Um, and you know, and I can get that. So let's kind of look at the the lyrics and just kind of look at this this the song. So the song, "Good Good Father," um, was released by Chris Tomlin. And um, if you don't know who Chris Tomlin is, I don't know who you are, uh, but it's okay if you don't know the Christian music world. But Chris Tomlin, um, is one of the most famous um songwriters in cr- the whole of Christian dumb christendom especially uh, in the past 20 years uh he's huge and uh i mean to be honest good good father 
saved his career from being just uh, redoing hymns with choruses and uh, living off of how great thou art or how, how great is our God. Um, but good, good father changed his, his um, trajectory and added a, a lot to Chris Tomlin's uh, repertoire in the sense of people wanting to do his stuff. So, you know, for a while, Chris Tomlin was, I mean, he was huge. So if you grew up in the 90s and early 2000s, you did Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin was Phil Wickham before Phil Wickham. Every song he did, you were playing. Every uh, fast song he did, you were playing. Slow songs you were, he did, you were playing. You were singing all of them. You're singing all of his interesting ones like uh, My Glorious, uh, which only only true Chris Tomliners will know that song. Technically, it was by someone else, but he did a cover. And, obviously, and that's what Chris Tomlin did. He just did covers or wrote his own stuff, but every time he did a cover it would make it more popular than whoever did it. And so he has uh, 13 album releases, 23 Dove Awards. Uh, and this was two years ago when um, when I'm when this person doing a review, uh, he had one Grammy. So I think he has more over, more than that now. Um, but House Fires was the original one. So let's just not forget that. House Fires was the original author of the song. And then Chris Tomlin came alongside them. Uh, and it wasn't like he stole their song, but it was Chris Tomlin, so Chris Tomlin made it huge. Now, that's, that's the same thing. If Phil Wickham did that, it would be the same thing. Phil Wickham is, every fast song Phil Wickham writes, you're singing in your church. Um, and you'll know it because it gets boring after a while. I'm kidding, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so good, good father, right? This The words in the verses, is, is it's hard to really get behind. So first, first, here's, here's the problem. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. They're talking about the Lord, talking about God. But I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night. And you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. Um, it's just to me, and I don't know if you're what you're thinking in that moment, but that doesn't make any sense. Um, one, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. What are those stories? Who's you? You're right. You know, non-Christian is going to go, who are we talking about? in this moment and then but hold on i've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night you know what i need i need to turn this podcast into an asmr podcast and just whisper tender love see do you do you feel how weird that sounded just now if i said i'm gonna give you a tender whisper in the dead of night right when you're sleeping something I, I actually just blanked out but something in your ear and it's gonna be really breathy and it's gonna tickle your ear but do you do you see and feel you probably felt very uncomfortable that yes <laughs> for for good reason <laughs> because it doesn't make any sense that should make you uncomfortable to hear someone say that and singing that should probably make you feel a little awkward and but apparently what he's telling you in that whisper is that he's pleased and that you're never alone. Why, though? And that's a big problem with this song. The big problem with this song is it says things without support. And that's okay if you've paired it and you've done the work beforehand preparing your church. But even then, you know, it's 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 really hard to give your church 
something to digest that's going to edify and convict and challenge and grow them if it's if it's it's like eating cereal right you know you eat cereal sure you're going to be full for maybe 20 minutes but then you're going to be hungry because it's cereal like you're not it's not substantial and that's like the best way to describe the song it's 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 like eating cereal it's not like eating meat right or if you're a vegan fiber rich vegetables right it's totally not the same thing now that's not to say you can't have this in your diet but if this is all you have in your diet you're not going to be healthy right and that's something to think about it was as even just someone who is listening so even not as just a worship leader or a pastor i mean you have to be thinking about that the diet of your church is very important and you're going to answer to the lord about that it's just how it is i've talked about it before it's how it is you're going to answer to the god to god uh, about what you've done and the diet of songs that you've put before your church. Now, personal worship, that's fine. It's different. But also, if all of your personal worship that you listen to is cereal, it's still not going to be a healthy individual, right? And so, I eat cereal. I'm not saying the cereal is a bad thing. I like a bowl of cereal. Honey Nut Cheerios is my favorite. And I eat a bowl of cereal sometimes when I'm hung. Just kind of like I need a little bit to, to get rid of the edge. But when I really need something, I don't turn to cereal. I turn to a hearty meal, right? Something that's not only going to fill me, but uh, boost my my system, right? It's going to meet all the needs of my system. And so that first verse to me is indicative of what the song is. And so the chorus, right? It gets made fun of a lot. You know, you're good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. And it's, it's who I am. Uh, there's not a lot there. The problem with singing songs with a lot of repetition, and it's, you know, I talked about Maverick City Music last week. Uh, they do that a lot too. But the problem is, if you don't give them substance in the other parts where you're not repeating the same thing over and over again, it it gets tiring. It gets fatiguing. And, you know, Maverick City has, has does that a lot. They, they repeat a lot. They Their songs often feel like just one song because just keeps going and going and going and going. I mean, one song throughout all the albums. Uh, but it, it, at least Chandler Moore, especially when he leads songs, he gives more context. And there's there's even in the verses, it feels like there's a little bit more weight most of the time. Not all the time. It doesn't, it feels like there's intention, right? So it's not cereal and it's not a hearty meal. It's kind of somewhere in between. Like it's a it's a healthy snack. And the, this metaphor is going to choke me i'm gonna i'm gonna die from trying to keep this metaphor going and so with with good good father it felt and it feels a little lazy in that way it feels like you could have given me more to be able to digest and then when i get to the chorus feel like i'm i'm really in it and so this the second verse i've seen many searching for answers far and wide but i know we're all searching for answers only you provide that's a good line i will say that it's true, because you know just what we need before we say a word. Oh, yes, it's, it's true. I really, I really feel like there could have been more after that stands. Those two, those two lines, right? I've seen many searching for answers far away, but I know you're all. Search, you're we're all searching for answers. Only you provide. I mean, you could have just said, because honestly, you're the way, the truth, and the life. Like, there's, there's no other way. And if you're the only way, you're the only one who provides the right answers, right? Something like that. And the bridge is, you're perfect in all your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways. You're perfect in all of your ways to us. And that just keeps going. And then, oh, uh, third verse, oh, love, so undeniable, I, I can hardly speak. 
Um, I don't like that stutter. It's, it makes me uncomfortable. Like the whisper in the dead of night. Uh, piece so unexplainable. Uh, I can hardly think. It's, I mean, I get the piece that surpasses all understanding. So, okay, let's look into this a little bit more. There is scripture to that does talk about um, that this this song does pull from right, and so it's it's not like it's unsubstantial or unsubstantiated claims, um, but it, it feels like it's it's pulling um, loose connections, if you know what I mean. So you'll find verses like in the Psalms that talk about God's goodness, but they're not really relating it to him being a good father, right? There's lots of language in the Lord in that the Lord is good, right? Or that, that God's faithfulness is good and great is his faithfulness and his goodness. And there's Psalm 23, 6, Psalm 27, 13, Psalm 136, 1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting, right? There's lots about that. And then there's lots of verses about how he loves us, uh, which is, that's not wrong. Like God does love us, but he doesn't love us all universally in Christ, right? So there's, you have to be really careful when you're, when you are vague in your wording, because am I really going to be able to understand it as an, as a non-believer, right? And so that's the danger too. It's easy. Anyone can pull something from scripture and say, here, I, I wrote this from this scripture. Yeah. Just because it touches on it doesn't necessarily mean that it contextually applies, right? Um, and so there there's some scripture but I honestly would I would say like there's there's a lot in the sense that you could pull from but I would say you know if you boiled it down I, genuinely is it really getting the lines that you're getting from that scripture now I like and I'm not saying I'm not trying to be super hard on this song but this this song like I said to me and you can disagree and that's totally fine it just feels very lazy and so I just I wouldn't use this song if I was a worship leader or pastor and especially okay this is proof that this song to me is a lazy song because I think it encourages lazy leadership in the song uh if you choose to do this song during a like Father's Day weekend like you're you're just as cringy as a marquee sign with a terrible pun on it for a church. Okay, you're just, that's, come on. Like, my question then would be if someone wrote a Mother's Day song that talked about God the Mother, or maybe didn't talk about God the Mother, but did some type of, like, language that was ambiguous, you would probably do it, wouldn't you? Like, that's, that's, that's the problem, is the laziness that I think the song encourages because it's easy, right? It's an easy, to some churches, it's an easy win. You don't really have to try because it's just super easy to lead uh, and there's not a lot of effort you have to put into it. So I think, you know, some people would say that to an unbeliever wouldn't have a hard time reading this, right? They they might think, you know, um, like it's, 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 it talks about God. He says a good food father, but to be honest though, there's no reference to the Lord. It just says Father. There's no reference to Christ. So you really aren't knowing who it's about, even though, you know, you if you come into a church, you might be thinking, oh, it's about the Lord. So I I honestly think that this was is a song that would be incredibly uh, confusing to people who are outside of the church. Um, I don't think this song really glorifies the Lord mainly. I think that it's it's definitely focusing on the, the me-centricness of... Um, perspective right so it's i'm seeing things it's about me you know you're 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 good to me you're perfect on your ways to me um and 
you know, not just saying this is the truth. This is how I respond. And you don't always have to have songs like that. I get that. Uh, but I, I, the reason I'm hard on that song, this song in that way is just because it, it feels like I said, it just feels like it was thrown together in that way. Um, I don't, I don't really know if I would say that the lyrics really encapsulate, uh, the beauty of God's goodness and love for us is as, as best as it can, you know? Um, and I think the repetition repetition really hurts it. Like, I think it doesn't help. Um, I, I don't think I help. It helps really. I, I think it's, um, it hurts it's, itself. So, um, but I, in all, in all honesty though, like it's not, if you listen to the song and if this song has helped you through a season, which a lot of people say it has, that's, that's totally fine. But like I said, it's it's it'd be like if you were going through a desert season and you were in the desert, literally you're in the desert and you had cereal and milk. Well, yeah, of course you're going to like cereal and milk, and especially if it has some nutrients because it's, cereal has some nutrients to it, right? So I'm not discounting how God may have used this song in your life, but we always have to remember that we cannot simply just listen to songs in difficult seasons and let that be what helps us, Right. The truth of God's word has to be the thing that helps us in the difficult seasons, not the songs that we sing. Because now, if that's what you're doing, right? If, is that what you're doing? Is that what you're doing? Hey, if that's what you're doing, here's the thing. It's not good. No, I'm, and I'm not going to edit that up. I'm going to keep it. But if that's what you're doing, right? If you are utilizing songs to minister to you, specifically, mainly only songs to minister to you during difficult seasons, you are worshiping the mode uh, by which you worship the Lord, if that makes sense. So you're you're actually idolizing the mode of worship to God, not the God that you worship. Because if if you really are worshiping God only, right, then the truth that has been revealed to you through his word would be enough to sustain you, right? It doesn't mean that you cannot utilize songs as a mode of, uh, uh, by which the Lord can can refresh you and, and speak to you, right? It's it's not something that he cannot use, but if you mainly use that as your way to be connected to God, then you are wrong. And, and, your, and your faith will be just as unhealthy as if you only ate cereal every single day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and for your snacks too. So it's just, the, just going to be the truth there, right? So it'd be the same thing. So look, I, I used to be on staff, and I used to lead worship. If I only believed, and this is kind of what I talked about when, you know, in my What Happened and Why the Break podcast. If my faith, specifically if the health and the depth and the fervor of my faith is married to my ability to lead the church in song and even my my identity as a worship leader or worship pastor, then my faith will be as healthy as if I ate cereal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? It's it's the truth of our faith and our relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord is not built on our ability to stir within us the emotional connection, because if that's what we think, we're going to pursue emotionalism, whether in our songs or in our relationships, and that's going to build unhealthy relationships with the church and others in ourselves, and so we have to be very careful when we look at songs. And it's okay to have your heart stirred by a song. I, that happens to me all the time. There are many songs that I enjoy that I would lead on a Sunday morning. 
And it's not that they're terrible songs, or in some of them, they just are not congregationally friendly songs. And, and some of them, too, are just private worship songs. But I have the theological handles to look at it and go, but here's why this is stirring my heart, because this is the truth that it makes me think of. You have to have that. You can't just simply say, well, here's the scripture that could possibly go with it, or this is the scripture that is paired with the song on Worship Together or whatever website you look at, right? No, that's you have to be able to, in yourself, go, yep, this is the scripture. And part of that means you have to be in your word. I mean, you do. You have to be in your word to then be able to be refreshed, right? Not just through singing, okay? So that's that's why I give this song a good bit of grief because I don't want the song and specifically the kind of laziness that I think it encourages and the laziness that I think was exhibited in some ways. Now, I don't know the people, but just in writing it, it just feels, eh, could be better. Um, It's wrong. It's just the worst. It's not, it's not the worst. Okay. But just be intentional. Right? That's, that's my call to you. And, and so if I was writing the song, it doesn't talk about the Lord. So it's, it's not God honoring, even though it is, you could say it is in some way. I think it's more man honoring. It doesn't mention Christ. So it's not really Christ exalting. It doesn't have any gospel centered language. It's not sanctification focused. Uh, it has some elements when you think about, uh, you know, I, I know we're all searching for answers, but that's not really applicable in the saying like your daily life. You can say as a daily life of a Christian, you're searching for answers, but you should be able to look to the word, not, you know, just what we need. Um, and it's there's no lament, which is fine. Uh, is it congregationally friendly? Sure, but it's, I would say it's not in some ways because it's tiring to sing this over and over again could get very exhausting. Uh, just because so just it's singable doesn't always mean it's congregationally friendly. And the, my hope listener is that you don't need obviously every song to unpack the gospel completely right because the gospel um, should already be something you know right and and, and something that I, I want to encourage you to do is to know the gospel and if you don't know the gospel the, the gospel is is very simple you are are dead in your sin and God desiring to have you be in fellowship with him and be a part of his family right sent his son to die in your place to pay for your sins that you could never pay for because you're imperfect, fallen, and uh, frankly stupid. And God sent his son who is perfect, unstained by the sin of the world or man, to die in your place as a sacrifice to take upon himself all the punishment that you deserved and in exchange gave you his perfection and his favor with the Lord. Now, God also then doesn't just simply look on you in favor because you're Jesus's, you're wrapped in Jesus's righteousness. He also looks on in favor on you because you are his creation and he does love you. But now he also loves you in a different way in Christ. That's the beauty of the gospel. It's not just now that Christ secured for us salvation and, and authenticated that by dying for our sins and then rising from the grave, proving that he is really the Lord bodily. He, he also shows us through his word that God also looks upon us with favor because he adopted us. It's not just like a judge saying, you're justified, you're good. It's, and I'm also going to adopt you. And so there is an aspect of God being this incredible father in the gospel, but it's, it needs legs to stand on in the sense that you can't say God's a good father without talking about Christ in adoption. And that's why I'm hard on this song because the gospel is so clear in that it talks about how God is a good father because he sent his son to die for us and justify us and he adopted us. And so that's part of 
the salvation process is adoption. And if you want to talk about God being a good father, you cannot divorce that. And so that's why I'm, I was hard on this song, because I want us to have a healthy diet. And also just remember, God loves you. Yes, he is pleased with you because he's pleased with you in Christ. And that's better than God just being pleased with you and whispering tender love whispers in the dead of night. Anyway, so I hope you enjoyed this. I hope that it refreshed you and edified you. I know it was a little longer. I apologize. I've been waiting to do this song, so I had a lot of thinks, thinks and feelings for this song. Who cares? I'm leaving it. It's almost the end of the podcast. Anyway, if you ever have a song suggestion, critique, encouragement, or anything else, email me at theologyandmusic at gmail.com. But with that, you guys have a wonderful, wonderful day, and I hope you have a great corporate worship together on Sunday, whether you're in person or at home. Have a wonderful weekend. See you guys.